from the New Media Project at the NYU School of Medicine and the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, refractive and diffractive multifocal IOLs. Multifocal lenses have uh, additional focal points uh, in contrast to a monofocal IOL. With these uh, additional focal points, the patients are able to read or and to look at the distance. However, there is a quality loss with more focal points. First this. The Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education requires a financial interest disclosure before any CME activity. Dr. Schmidinger declares no real or apparent conflicts of interest. As seen from here, the first podcast for physicians, the first podcast to offer CME credit, and the first to offer multinational editions, is now co-sponsored by the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. The ASCRS recognizes the power of this new medium in communication and education of physicians everywhere. This partnership will allow us to bring new content to you and add new voices to our community. From Manhattan to Mumbai, from the Bay Area to Beijing, one conversation as seen from here. As clear as a patient's vision may be after cataract extraction, one thing is certain. If the IOL is spherical, that clear vision will be limited to a single focal plane. Although the goal is a high-amplitude accommodating lens, until we have one, we must make do with compromised solutions. Several possible choices are multifocal IOLs, two categories of which are diffractive and refractive lenses. Each has its own optical advantages and optical compromises. Gerald Schmidinger of the University of Vienna has made a study of these, and I'm happy to welcome him as my guest today. We're going to be discussing multifocal IOLs. What's the difference in design between a diffractive and a refractive multifocal IOL? The difference is actually how these lenses are designed. Uh, it's how uh, you're going to calculate these lenses. So a, a refractive lens is actually a way uh, where the lens is uh, designed using uh, ray optics. So um, these lenses have strong uh, or big optical structures on their surface and can be calculated using ray optics. Um, the diffractive lenses are lenses which have small objects uh, in relation to the uh, light's wavelength and uh, they are calculated using wave optics. So uh, in general, two lens types are uh, usually used for the design of the two lens and should not be uh, used for describing the clinical features of these lenses because you cannot actually derive the clinical performance from the design of the lens, whether it is diffractive or refractive. But it's actually uh, the difference is between how they are designed. If I were to pick up and hold one of these lenses, would the diffractive lens look different from a refractive lens? Yes, if you look at the diffractive lens under a microscope, you will find uh, actually the difference to a refractive lens that uh, you see the small steps on the anterior or posterior surface of the lenses in contrast to the refractive lens, which has uh, these big steps uh, like the array lens, for example. 
How is depth of focus measured experimentally? Well, um, there are two ways to measure the uh, depth of focus. The first thing would be uh, in a laboratory setup where you could uh, measure the, the focal points of these lenses in an optical bench. So you actually uh, measure the optical quality of the lens uh, through the visual axis and you can find uh, the several focal points of these lenses. Um, with this so-called through focal response curve, you can see where the focal points are and how many there are. And uh, by measuring the distance between the two focal points, you can actually say how much the near-add of this lens is. On the other hand, in a clinical setting, you can uh, choose to measure visual acuity using defocus curves, where you just uh, add minus glasses to the uh, best co distance correction of the patient. Um, which has some drawbacks. Uh, these measures was used quite frequently in uh, in the literature, and it's a, a valid method for comparison for comparing different types of of lenses. But on the other hand, this uh, method doesn't actually uh, display or, or doesn't give you the real visual acuity that is reachable with this type of lens, because due to the diminution effect of the minus glasses that you add and the loss of the meiosis that occurs uh, with, with the near reaction of the eyes. And uh, the next method that you could use that, uh, and which excludes these methodical errors is to measure visual acuity actually at different distances. And that would be the method where you actually uh, get the uh, visual acuities which are reachable with these lenses. What is the typical depth of focus of an eye implanted with a conventional monofocal intraocular lens? Well, first you have to define uh, what the depth of focus is and how you measure it. Uh, if you look in the literature, usually uh, the depth of focus is measured as the threshold where visual acuity falls below 2040 of vision. So uh, with this threshold of 2040, uh, a monofocal IOL usually reach the depth of focus of about 1 to 1.5 diopters. Well, and if you are using a biometry for uh, distance vision, this would give the patient a good visual acuity between infinity and about 1 meter or 70 centimeters. Uh, and below and nearer objects, the visual acuity will drop below this threshold of 2040 vision. How do multifocal IOLs address depth of focus? Um, Multifocal lenses have uh, additional focus, focal points uh, in contrast to a monofocal IOL. So these additional focal points, which can be one or more, have actually uh, provide the patient with an additional picture on the retina, which is of uh, good optical quality. And therefore, the patient has a range of vision uh, at two focal points, one for distance and one for near vision. However, there is a quality loss with more focal points and uh, for each, each of these uh, pictures that are simultaneously projected onto the retina. But with these uh, additional focal points, the patients are able to read or end to look at the distance. And this is the uh, difference to a monofocal, which has actually just one focal point. Gerald, what multifocal IOLs are available now, and, and how, how do their designs differ? Well, there's uh, 
there are quite some different focal, uh, multifocal IOLs available at the moment. There are the refractive uh, designed lenses like the, the array lens or the now called uh, or redesigned the lens, the so-called resume lens, uh, which is a, a modified version of the array lens. Uh, and the array lens has been the gold standard in multifocal IOLs for a long time. Uh, and there is a new uh, lens called the Restore lens, which is a bifocal diffractive lens, which has a diffractive refractive design. So we got a central refractive area and a peripheral refractive area and a diffractive zone in the intermediate uh, spaces of the optic. This new lens is uh, pupil dependent for the light serving the near and the distance focus which is quite a new and interesting design. And there are new lenses like the Acritech lens called Acrileaser, which is going to come to the market soon, which is a multifocal lens or a bifocal lens actually, which is aberration corrected. And there is the aberration corrected lens uh, from uh, Technist, they're called Technics ZM001, which is also an aberration corrected bifocal diffractive lens. And there are also phakic intraocular lenses like the Vivarte Presbyopic, which is uh, implanted as an anterior chamber lens. Can I get you to explain the concept of near-weighted and distance-weighted lenses? Well, um, in the early 90s, uh, Jacobi and his colleagues tested different systems uh, of multifocal intraocular lenses. And they were aware of the problems of multifocal lenses, especially uh, halos and reduced contrast in, uh, sensitivity in patients with multifocal IOLs. And so they tried to uh, uh, increase the performance of these lenses by changing the uh, light distribution between the near focal point and the distance focal point. And their idea was to implant a uh, a lens in one eye which has a stronger near focal point and a weaker distance focal point, and in the contralateral eye, a lens that has uh, the feature vice versa. So the idea was when using when the patient uses both eyes, they always have an image of high contrast, and therefore um, the contrast sensitivity loss in these lenses should be reduced and the problems like halos and glare should be reduced. They tested different light distribution percentages like 60-40 between near and distance and 70-30, and they found that the 70-30 um, thought seemed, uh, seemed to be the best. And on the basis of these studies, newer lenses were designed. What is the advantage of using near and distance weighted multifocal IOLs over just using monovision near and distance monofocal IOLs? Well, this is a totally uh, different approach to the loss of accommodation. Using a monofocal near lens or in the, and uh, um, using a monofocal lens uh, and the biometry for near vision uh, and a monofocal lens in the contralateral eye for distance vision then the patient has only one focal point in each eye. So when looking at distance, the patient only has one eye for distance. And when looking at closer object, the patient has only one eye for closer objects. But when you use multifocal lens or actually bifocal lenses with a, a different distribution of light between the near and the distal focal points, the patient always uses both eyes. 
although one eye has a lower contrast image in the uh, eye with the lower uh, addition of light, but still he uses both eyes. So this is a totally different concept. And yeah, the, the multifocal or bifocal IOLs, uh, you still have a, a binocular vision. Jared, can I have you describe the design of your study? Well, the study uh, was a comparative interventional study where we uh, compared three different multifocal or bifocal intraocular lenses. Uh, we included uh, patients which were scheduled for uh, cataract operation and were willing uh, to be spectacle-free in one of the three groups randomly. And they had a standard uh, cataract operation with standard postoperative uh, treatment. And we examined these patients uh, 12 weeks postoperatively. The lenses that we used were uh, the AcroTwin lenses, the 733D, which is uh, a diffractive uh, lens, a bifocal diffractive lens with a stronger near focal point and a weaker distance focal point with a light distribution of 70% on near and 30% on distance. And these patients received in a contralateral eye the AcroTwin 737D which is uh, of the same design, but has uh, the opposite light distribution. This lens is distance-weighted and has 70% of the incoming light on the distance focus and 30% on the near focus. And the second group received um, an older diffractive PMMA lens, a Pharmacia 811E, which is also a bifocal lens and has a light distribution of 40% on near and 60 on distance. And uh, the third group was a group with patients who had binocular implantation of the SA40 and ARRI lens, which is a refractive multifocal lens made of silicone and has a light distribution of about 50% of the incoming light on the distance focus, 15% on intermediate focal points, and 35% on the near focus. By what means did you assess depth of focus in your study? Uh, we measured visual acuity at actual different distances. We built a special setup for this uh, investigation where the patients were seated and uh, the head was fixed in the chin rest. And we had a standard illumination and uh, EDTRS charts that we used for measuring visual acuity at uh, distances of 6 meters, 2 meters, down to 33 centimeters. Jared, what were the results of your study? Um, the results were that we found that all the lenses had quite a good visual uh, distance visual acuity. There was uh, just a small difference between the lenses at the, at the distances of 600 centimeter testing distance. We found that there is a drop of visual acuity at intermediate distances, especially at the at distance of 100 centimeters and 76 centimeter distance. And then we had an uh, increase in visual acuity again uh, at closer distances. Um, when we look at the results of uh, testing binocularly, which is the main interest of the study, then we found that patients with the AcroTwin lenses had uh, excellent distance visual acuity and a drop at intermediate visual acuity is down to a uh, logmar of uh, 0.1, which corresponds to a Snell visual acuity of about 0.8, and then a rise again uh, in visual acuity at closer distances with a peak at about 40 centimeters. Patients with 
that Pharmacia 811E had about the same uh, visual acuity at uh, infinity or 600 centimeter in this set setup and a stronger drop at intermediate distances down to a visual acuity of 0.2 logmar and then a rise again and in visual acuity with a peak at 33 centimeters. Um, patients with the airway lens also had an excellent distance visual acuity and uh, showed a continuous drop of visual acuity down to uh, closer uh, distances, testing distances. The visual acuity uh, at intermediate distances was quite good, was a little better than in patients with the 811E and about the same as patients of the Twin lenses. But, and we found a small peak of uh, near visual acuity at 40 centimeters, which corresponds to the near point of this, uh, a near fo a near ad of this lens. But this peak at, at 40 centimeters was actually lower than uh, in the two other groups. Did the multifocal lenses work in the sense that the patients were less subjectively dependent on spectacles? Um, well. We actually did not evaluate uh, this point. We did not uh, actually ask the patient how uh, spectacle dependent they were. But uh, looking at our results, it's quite undoubtful the, the case that patients with uh, excellent distance and near visual acuity are less spectacle uh, dependent than in monofocal uh, patients with monofocal IOLs. Uh, and there are studies showing that patients with multifocal IOLs are less spectacle dependent than patients with monofocal IOLs, although still there are some patients that are uh, dependent on spectacles, especially if biometry is not 100% exact. How important is pupil size to the function of these lenses? Is, is the effect of pupil size dependent on the design of a, a particular lens? Um, the pupil size is an important factor uh, depending on the lens design. Uh, that you choose. As stated earlier, uh, there are designs that are especially there are lenses that are especially designed to be pupil dependent, like the new uh, Restore lens. But on, in the lenses tested in this study, uh, there we have the diffractive lenses, which have uh, the diffractive structures all the way over the uh, anterior posterior surface of the lens, and every step of these lens is corresponding for the near and the distance focal points. So these tested diffractive lenses in this study are not in any way pupil dependent. But the area lens, which is, a, uh, which is refractive design, has zones of uh, near uh, and distance, zones for near and distance focal points. And therefore, the area lens is highly pupil dependent. So as we know that the area lens has a uh, central distance focal zone, we know that with the area lens, with small pupils, patients will not reach as good uh, near visual acuity results as patients with larger pupils. So uh, the for the Acritec lenses and for the Pharmacia lenses, the pupil size uh, is not an important factor, but for the area lens it is in this study. To follow on the pupil question, how critical is it that these lenses are centered with respect to the pupil? If the lens is decentered, how much is the effect of the lens degraded? I cannot tell you what degree of decentration or tilt is uh, tolerable in these type of lenses, but they are sure uh, more dependent on uh, perfect centration than a monofocal IOL due to the design of these lenses. 
if the lens is decentered, then uh, different zones, for example, for the array lens, will be in the pupil area, and the same will be true for uh, for the diffractive lenses. But actually, I cannot tell you at which extent uh, of decentration or tilt these lenses will have lower uh, quality of uh, of image, and we actually did not test this in our laboratory setup uh, with these lenses. So I cannot tell you actually uh, what extent of tilt or decentration is tolerable in these lenses. What are some of the trade-offs with multifocal IOLs? Well, first, you have to be sure that you're, uh, uh, when you're implanting a multifocal IOL, the patient is going to gain something, but he's also losing something because uh, the light energy uh, that enters the eye is divided to more than one focal point. So the image uh, that create, is created on the retina sharply is always outshined by the image that is out of focus uh, but is constantly created uh, by the multifocal IOL. So regardless what design of lens you're choosing, you will always have uh, a side effect with a multifocal or bifocal IOL. The side effects are commonly known as halos or glare around light sources, a reduce in contrast sensitivity, which is uh, quite understandable that uh, you have a lower contrast image on the retina because the image has lower light energy and is outshined by the out-of-focus image. And the halos and glare will always uh, have a, a role with these lenses since uh, these halos or glares are created by the uh, second focal points without shines the sharp image on the retina. However, uh, the design of the lens actually plays a role in how strong these optical phenomenon might be. With diffractive lenses, you always have some light energy lost to the so-called higher orders of diffraction, which are uh, focal points that are of uh, extremely low light intensity but are always created in diffractive lenses. And uh, these are about 13% of the 13 to 18% of the light energy that enters the eye in diffractive lenses is lost to these high order separation. And the second point is the number of focal points that these lenses are creating. So if you have two focal points and these focal points are separated this, uh, from each other quite, uh, good, and that means that the near edge of this lens is high, then you have a good separation of these focal points, uh, and the side effects like halos and contrast sensitivity loss will be lower. On the other hand, the more focal points you're using, the lower the light energy in the sharp image is, and therefore uh, the contrast sensitivity drops, and uh, the halos will increase. You can actually see that if you measure a so-called point spread function in a laboratory setup with uh, these with uh, multifocal lenses like the Airy lens and the 811E some years ago, Professor P uh, wrote, uh, published a paper uh, with laboratory testing of these lenses. And you can see that the 811E lens tested in the study has a halo which is very good separated from the actual focal point of the lens. In contrast to the area lens, which has multiple focal points, which are quite close to each other, 
and therefore these lands uh, and the halos of these lands are very close to the to the actual um, image in focus and are overlying this image more strongly than the stronger separated bifocal lens. So uh, the main trade-offs are the op these optical phenomenons, which can be quite disturbing for the patients and which have to discuss with the patients uh, prior to implantation of this lens. What do you and the other authors uh, of, of this study uh, do in your own practices? Well, we uh, usually are not using multifocal lenses on uh, a regular basis uh, for uh, our patients. It is uh, mainly uh, a feature that we provide patients which have a strong wish uh, to be, uh, be uh, spectacle-free or less dependent on spectacles. You have to keep in mind that there are side effects of multifocal lenses and the patient has to be well informed and only these patients who have a strong wish to be spectacle free should uh, have to, uh, should, should be implanted with a multifocal lens. So uh, we usually are uh, using at the moment uh, the Acritoin lenses if there is a special wish for, uh, for a multifocal lens. Does the age of the patient uh, play a role in your therapeutic planning? Um, well, it plays rather a, a, a lower role because uh, there might be a wish uh, for spectacular independence in, in younger patients, a stronger wish in younger patients, and especially if there is uh, our patients which are uh, have just an unilateral cataract uh, and it's a young patient and the patient is still... Uh, one eye with, uh, which can accommodate uh, quite well, then a multifocal lens might be a, better, a good idea. But the age of the patient is not as an important factor as uh, the, the wish of the patient to be spectacle-free in, uh, in, in my thinking. You discuss these lenses in the context of presbyopic lens exchange. Are any of these lenses appropriate for refractive lens exchange? Well, um, if you choose uh, or to to use a multifocal lens for presbyopic lens exchange, then uh, this lens should have uh, a good optical quality and should provide the patient with good distance and near visual acuity. And uh, with results of our study, we can say that from the te lenses tested in this study, the Acritoin lenses would fit best for uh, this refractive lens exchange or presbyopic lens exchange. However, it might be a good idea to use them in a slightly different way uh, and, for example, to use only distance-weighted lenses in both eyes because uh, one thing that you have to keep in mind with these lenses uh, with different uh, light distributions is that if you have a stronger weighted focus in one eye for near vision, then you have a lower uh, in contrast image in the other eye. So if you want to provide the patients with uh, near ad in, the, in, in this eye, you actually have to provide the patient with near ad only in one eye. So this would not help the patient. Uh, if you use a distance-weighted lens in both eyes, then you can actually uh, provide the patients with a high contrast image by giving them a near ad of three diopters. But uh, still, these are only a small variety of the multifocal lenses that we tested in our study, and there are newer lenses and different, uh, different lenses which might work as well. Is there anything you'd like to add? Well, uh, 
looking at the results from our study, uh, especially uh, at the near focal points, uh, we found that the diffractive lenses, especially the new ones the, that we tested, the extra twin lenses, had an excellent near visual acuity. Um, and we found that uh, the design of the lenses with, with different life di distribution between near and distant focal point, point actually can be found when you're uh, measuring the visual acuity uh, monocularly. So we found that the near-weighted lens actually had a better near-visual acuity than, patient, than eyes with the distance-weighted lens. So eyes uh, with an implanted distance-weighted lens, on the other hand, had a best, better distance-visual acuity. So this was a proof of the design of these lenses. On the other hand, one important thing uh, that we found in our study is that the intermediate focal points of the airy lens actually uh, did not result in better visual acuity uh, when measured binocularly than uh, when you tested the patients with binocular implantation of uh, the diffractive lenses. And this is something that we actually didn't know or didn't think to happen because uh, we thought that the intermediate focal points of the area lens uh, might have a better, might result in a better uh, intermediate visual acuity, but that was not the case. Gerald, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Josh. Gerald Schmidinger comes to us from the Department of Ophthalmology at the University of Vienna Medical School in Vienna, Austria. His paper, Depth of Focus in Eyes with Diffractive Bifocal and Refractive Multifocal Intraocular Lenses appears in the October 2006 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Ask questions of Dr. Schmidinger or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Call our listener response lines in the United States style area code 646-808-0231. In the United Kingdom dial 020-7558-8275 or Skype JYoungMD. Those numbers can be found on our website as seenfromhere.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the new media project of the NYU School of Medicine and the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery and is edited by Joe Fry. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.